What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have April McGillivray on today's episode. I am so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Um, I've been creeping on her Insta page, and she's, she seems really fun. So this should be this should be a good time, which always sounds really weird when you're talking about miscarriage. <laughs> that's what this podcast is all about, right? It's just a group of us women who just totally get it. So April, I'm just going to throw it at you. Start wherever you'd like. Okay, so first, I just want to thank you for having me on today. Um, I decided to reach out because tomorrow, October 7th, is actually our due date. So I thought, what better time than now to share my story? Um, we had announced it publicly that we were pregnant. And then two weeks later, we found out about the miscarriage and we never publicly shared about the loss. Um, mm-hmm. So I kind of was just waiting to be ready to share. And I thought, with October being miscarriage, you know, in infant loss awareness month and on our due date, I thought it'd be a great time to share now. So here I am. Um, so I'll kind of just start it off with how I met my husband and when. Um, I was actually friends with his sister. So I kind of knew him, but he was actually 10 years older than me. So we never really hung out or, you know, it, it kind of like I saw him in passing or if I was at her house and things like that. Um, So I knew of him, but I never really, you know, we weren't really friends. Um, So that was back in 2010. So we actually went on our first date. He kind of reached out to me a little bit because he saw me hanging out with his sister. So he did ask me out and like, she was okay with it. So we kind of joked around. I said, you know, one day I'm going to marry your brother. And, you know, we joked around about it. She's like, no, you're not. And I'm like, I am. So um, that was back in 2010. We went on our first date and we actually, we, moved fairly quickly. Um, that was in the summertime and we ended up moving in together um, November 1st. So we moved in together only a few months later. I had my own apartment, he had his own apartment and I was over there all the time. So I'm like, why don't we just get our own place together? Um, so that was back in 2010. Then fast forward to 2013, three years later, we got engaged. Um, I'm a huge, huge, huge New England Patriots fan and football fan. So I actually ran a 5K at Gillette Stadium, and he proposed to me after the 5K. So it was actually really cool because Mm -hmm. we're both football fans. That's adorable. (laughs) Yeah, it it was definitely – and it was funny because, like, you finish on the field on the 50-yard line, and he was like, you know, can I go on the field because my wife's running the 5K? And they're like, no, no one's allowed on the field unless you're running. And I'm like, well, why didn't you tell them you wanted to propose to me? But he was so nervous. (laughs) He was like, okay, whatever. (laughs) Um, So he kind of just waited for me to come out. And then he proposed to me just like in front of it. But I was like, you know, we probably could have made the news if you like actually were on the field at the finish line. But I was like, all right, I understand you were nervous. It was like 95 degrees out. It was the middle of July. So I'm like, I get it. It's okay. Um, so that was really cool. So then, um, we got married in October of 2014. And again, we did like a Patriots themed, like pumpkin fall. We kind of like wrapped up me and him and like, it was a little bit of everything in our wedding. So that was really nice. Um, 
And then we bought our first house in 2016. So what comes after, you know, the marriage, the house, and then comes the babies, you know? So we, we talked about it a little bit here and there, but I was very content with life. I was happy. You know, we had just bought our house. It was just nice to have our own place and be married and enjoy each other. So, and he was, he's very good. Like he's never pushy and it's something he's always wanted his whole entire life but he still never pushed me on the subject. Like we talked about it a couple times, but he kind of just let it go until I was ready. Um, so like me and Shelly talked about, I am a beach body coach. So I'm like a health and fitness coach and I had lost about 60 pounds and I managed to keep it off. And I, I felt really good about myself and I wasn't scared about gaining the weight back per se, because I knew how to go about losing it. It's just, I, I felt you know, at the age of 30, better than I ever felt my whole entire life. And I worked really hard to get there, but I just wasn't ready to give that up quite yet. You know, and I know a lot of women are like, you know, how could you say that, you know, having a baby in pregnancy is the most beautiful thing. And I agree, but I, I just, I, at that time felt complete, you know, I felt really good and I, I was in the best shape of my life. And it was just kind of like a mind game. Was I ready to give that up? and go through a different chapter in life. And I just wasn't. So um, every year my company does a big fitness event and I hadn't gone. So I, I wanted to go. So I said, you know, I really want to go to this event. And that was the summer of 2017. And I said, maybe after the event, you know, we can talk about it. So the event came and left and he kind of, was this you know, summit? He, yes. Summit. Yeah, where where was summit. that one? Um, that was in New Orleans. I was there. So, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. Yeah, that was my first year going. And I was like, you know, I really want to enjoy this. I didn't want to be pregnant there. And like, I've seen a ton of pregnant women and a ton of new moms. But I just knew for me, I wanted to feel my best and really get the whole experience. You know, it's that those events are a lot to take in. Like, yeah. there's a lot going on on and like you're not sleeping you're on the go and I'm like what pregnant woman wants to do that you know <laughs> yeah um so you know I did that and then I came back and a couple months went by and he kind of brought it up and by that time we were already into 2018 and I'm like you know I really want to go again so I'm like maybe after you know the next time I go so he's like okay fine go again so that was last year in 2018 so I went to the Beachbody Summit again and then when I came back I said all right let's just go with the flow and see what happens. Okay, um, wait, I, girl, like the, the New Orleans <laughs> summit, my husband and I had the exact same conversation and that's when we started trying. Right, you're like, <laughs> it was after summit. I was like, after this summit. Like, <laughs> and then you're like, oh, wait, now I wanna go again. Maybe not yeah. after next year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, too funny. Okay, sorry. And keep I going. was like, <laughs> I know I'll keep wanting to go to these events, so I can't use that as an excuse every single time. So I'm like, you know what? It's let's just go with the flow and see what happens. And I was never one growing up like to yearn to be a mom. Like I know some women, ever since they're little, they're like, all I want to be is a mom. And like I had a friend that she went through infertility for three years, and it's all she wanted. And I just didn't, I didn't understand that. Like I never had that feeling deep down. And I'm like well, maybe it's not meant for me or, you know, let me just let the universe guide me and tell me what's meant to be. So I said, let's just go with the flow and see what is meant to be, you know, and see if it happens. So that was 
um, last year in the end of October. So really like November. Um, so we went through two cycles and I wasn't tracking it, but every time we would have sex, I would put it in the tracker just to kind of see where it, it fell, you know, within my window of ovulation. So, um, then fast forward to this year, January, uh, 23rd, I got my first positive. So it really only was two months. So, and I mean, my cycles are very regular, like I'm between 28, 30 days. And I always have been very regular my whole life. So I'm like, all right, it happened quickly. You know, I'm very regular. So I kind of expected it. Um, so that was in January. And really, we only had sex that, that one time. Like, I know a lot of this is TMI, but like, uh, it was only that one time within the window. And I'm like, that's crazy that like, it, it happened so easily. Like, some people, they, you know, they have sex five times the, the whole window of ovulation, and we only hit it that one time. So I was like, well, that's, that's, you know, it's crazy. That's great. Like, and I kind of expected that because like I said, I am very regular. Um, so I was, I was having a hard time, to be honest. Um, I took the test. I texted my cousin. Her and I are really, really, really close. And I said, I think this is positive. She goes, oh yeah, that's really positive. <laughs> Like the line was so dark, there was no denying it. But I was like, in my mind, like, this can't be right. Because it was just so quick. Um, so my husband was actually getting ready to go meet his father. They play cribbage every Wednesday together. It's cards. Um, and he was upstairs showering and getting ready. And he came down and I said, don't freak out yet. Because like, you're never sure. I mean, I was sure, but I, you just, you're not really sure until like the doctor confirms it, you know. Um, so I showed it to him. He's like, wait, what? what is this? And I'm like, this is a positive pregnancy test. Um, so it, it was crazy. And I, I looked at him and we hugged and he was excited. And I, I just lost it. I started crying and I'm like, my life is over. And it, it's like, I don't know why I was thinking that way. And I, I was just confused. I was scared. I, I knew it was going to happen, but I, it, it was still a, a shock. Um, so it, it just, it, it was crazy. So I, you know, I called the doctor the next day um, set up the appointment for eight weeks. They always track it for uh, eight weeks from your last period, but you're really not pregnant those first two weeks. But I was just, I knew nothing really about it. So I said, all right, fine. They set up the appointment. We went in for our appointment and they were like, well, you're actually only six weeks. And I said, well, yeah, I could have told you that because I knew exactly when we conceived because we only had sex the one time within that window. And it was exactly six weeks from that time so I'm like okay that makes sense they're like so you know we can't really do like the full eight-week appointment but they did do the ultrasound and we did see you know it was so tiny at the time we did see the little embryo and she's like well there's the heartbeat can you see that and I couldn't see it because I was so many things were going through my mind but my husband says he saw the little flicker of the heartbeat um and then two weeks later we went back and I just did the blood work and they didn't do another ultrasound they didn't do any of that they just did like the full, you know, blood work and testing for all the STDs and all those things they test for um, at the eight-week appointment. And they said, you know, we just did the ultrasound two weeks ago, so we don't need to do it again. So they said, okay, that's fine. Um, and then I noticed I started feeling a, a little better. Like I got my energy back and I said, all right, well, I'm getting close to the second trimester. I know I'm still a month away, but, you know, maybe that's okay. So I really didn't think much of it because I still felt pregnant as far as like I was really bloated I, I felt it in my body but I kind of got a little bit of energy back you know shortly after that and I started working out again and 
I was like, all right, this is fine. And I went back to my normal workouts, which as you know, you know, with Beach Body, like some of them are intense and I've been doing it for years. So I just kept going size. And then we had our 12 week appointment. So, you know, I took the day off, he took the day off. We went to breakfast and then they sent us to the hospital because I I go to like a smaller OB office and they don't always have ultrasound and the things that they need. So they sent us to the hospital that they're affiliated with because we were doing like this big ultrasound and whatever. So we went in um, very excited and that was March 26th to be exact. Um, so it was actually two weeks after we publicly announced it. So we had got Patriots jerseys made that said mom and dad with the year on them. And I held my cat because my cat is my life. So he had to be in the announcement. Um, and we publicly announced it to the world. And then two weeks later, and I thought, you know, I'm fine. I have no signs of miscarriage, you know, everything's fine. So I said, I know it's a couple weeks early, but I'm, I'm very open and honest. So I said, I'm ready. So let's just announce it. So we did. And then two weeks later we went, um, so we went in and she did an external ultrasound because at that time, at 12 weeks, you should be seeing the baby. And she's like, you know, I'm not seeing anything. Maybe you're not really 12 weeks along. And I'm like, oh, here we go again. Like the, they think the dates are off because we went for eight week appointment. It was really only six. And so him and I were like, oh, so she said, well, let me go get the internal ultrasound. So she brought that back in and she went in and I knew right away. I'm like, something's not right because at 12 weeks, you shouldn't see, you shouldn't be trying to search for your baby. Um, so she kind of, it was very weird because the ultrasound tech is not supposed to say anything at all. And she literally looked at me and she said, are you sure that you saw this? And I said, excuse me? Like, we have a picture. We saw a heartbeat. Like, we saw something in there at our first appointment. She goes, because there's nothing in here. And I'm like, what do you mean there's nothing in there? And she was, they're supposed to just say, I'll go get the doctor. Like, she's not supposed to say anything at all. And my poor husband was still looking at the TV. And I'm like, what do you mean there's nothing in there? And she goes, there's a gestational sac, but it's empty. She goes, it looks like it was just an early demise. I'll go get the doctor. And she walked out. And she was so nonchalant about it. And I was just, I lost it. And he really didn't understand what was going on. He's like, wait, a demise? And he's still looking at the TV waiting to see his baby. And I'm, I have no pants on. I'm crying. He's hugging me. And I was like, I just, I don't understand. Like I had no signs at all of miscarriage, no bleeding, no spotting, nothing. And I'm like, I, I just don't understand. And I know like people talk about a blighted ovum and I know that's when you see nothing in the sack. And I think in my mind, if we had really went at the eight week appointment and not six, I think we wouldn't have seen anything. So I'm, I don't know if you could consider it that where we did see an embryo, but like I said, two weeks after that appointment, I started feeling better. So I think it happened, you know, around that time. So I'm wondering if that, that time we had went, it would have been the same outcome and we never would have saw anything. So it, I, I don't know what would have been better, never seeing anything or seeing a tiny little bean and then seeing nothing. Um, they're both equally as hard. But every time I tell this story, people look at me like, wait, what do you mean there was nothing in there at 12 weeks? And I'm like, I don't know. It absorbed back into my body. Like it's so small at that point that I guess that happens. And I, I showed no signs. And I think that was the hardest thing is we had no idea. We thought we were going to see our baby that day and finally hear the heartbeat and there was nothing in there. So it's, it's tough because I know some people see their baby and they say, well, there's no heartbeat. I'm sorry. 
we didn't even see our baby. So it, it's all equally as hard, but it's, you just can't wrap your head around it because you're like, wait, there's nothing in there. How can that be? You know? Do you feel like that like belittles it in some people's minds? If that makes sense. Like not like, I don't think that, but I'm just curious if you have experience with like other people being like, Oh, okay. You know what I mean? You know, when you get those comments that are like, Oh, it was early or, Oh, it was, I got that a lot, but I'm just curious as to like, if that happened to you. Um, people were pretty understanding. I mean, the the ultrasound tech alone, I wanted to, to be honest, punch her in her face because Uh, (laughs) I felt like she thought that like, she was like, Oh, I guess it was an early demise. I'll get the doctor. Like, what? And you're like, I'm 12 weeks pregnant. <laughs> right. No, I was no early to Right. 12 <laughs> weeks is far along. Uh, yeah. Like, and, and at any stage, it's, it's still a pregnancy. And even my husband, he's like, well, it was so little. It really wasn't a baby. And like, he, he was grieving too. And he doesn't understand it. Like men don't understand. My husband did the, the same process. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They don't get like us as women, we read everything and we really get into it. We know what our bodies are doing. And he's like, well, it really wasn't a baby yet. And like, I mean, he was crushed too, but like, so something. That's also, I think their way of healing. So guys just heal differently. They grieve differently. My husband did the same thing. (laughs) It makes you want to punch them in the face. I'm like, what do you mean it wasn't a baby? And I'm like, you saw the heartbeat, didn't you? You claimed that you saw that little flicker. So that had a heartbeat, you know? Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. it's crazy. Um, So then, you know, they sent me home. I went to the OB and then they gave me my options. You know, you can have a DNC, you can take this pill. And I didn't know, I didn't understand what they were talking about. I didn't know you still had to give birth to what was in there. I I didn't know. I knew nothing about this. So like the sack and everything that was in there, I still had to give birth to that. So she's like, you can take a pill and go home and, and do it at home. And I didn't know what was to come. So I'm like, all right, that's better. I'd rather do it in the comfort of my own home anyways. Mm-hmm. So I went and got the pills that night. I took them that night and they tell you it's going to be like a heavy period. And they're absolutely wrong. Like it is the most horrific thing you could ever go through. Like it's awful. So I took the pills that night and for the, about the next day and a half, you're bleeding heavily, heavily, heavily um, clotting. You're passing everything. And I, a lot of people that have had kids, I tell them it's like, it's like the afterbirth. I'm like, think of that. All the stuff that has to come out after the baby, except I'm not getting a baby with it. So it's it like totally is. You're it, so right. It, right. It's like, and I'm like, what are these pains? I'm like this, these are contractions. Like my uterus was opening and contracting and like my cervix and like, this is what giving birth is like, but I'm not getting the end result that you get when you give birth to a child. So it, it, it was tough. Um, I did take some time off of work. I took about three weeks off. Um, I was denied short-term disability, which was another thing I think about now. Like, so all these women that give birth to a live baby, they get, you know, short-term disability paid, but I give birth to everything else but the baby and I get denied. And it, it sucked. I mean, we were okay money-wise, but I'm like, how can you justify that? Like I still had to give birth to what was in there. It wasn't a baby. So, I mean, that was rough, um, but I did take the time off. I needed to heal. Um, within that time too, my sister and her family, they live out in Georgia. 
Um, they were in the process of selling their home and moving to Massachusetts. I live in Massachusetts and I was, I had something to look forward to. I was excited. You know, I have a niece and a nephew who are 13 and 11 and I've never lived in the same state as them. So it was exciting. I had something to look forward to. My brother-in-law had come out here twice. He's military um, to interview at the Otis Air Force Base, which is on the Cape. And within the time I was going through this first loss, he didn't get the jobs and they decided to stay in Georgia. So that was another, you know, crush to my heart. So there was just a lot of things going on and I, I, I couldn't take it all in and I didn't give myself the proper time to grieve. Mm-hmm. And then that happened and it was a struggle. And I said, you know what, let's just forget all about it. Let's just try again quickly and get pregnant again. We'll catch back up. We'll get back on track and everything will be great. And I didn't think it would happen again. We waited one cycle. We got pregnant right away. And then I had another miscarriage really early. So that was only three weeks. Um, and then I said, you know what? I can't do this again. I didn't think it would happen. I didn't think it would happen one time, let alone two times. And I don't want to say like, at least it was earlier this time because it, it was still a loss. But I had took two pregnancy tests that morning and two hours later, I started bleeding. So that mm-hmm. one was very short lived. Like it was three weeks. And I, I was more at peace, I think, the second time, only because I didn't feel as invincible. Because you get pregnant, you never think it will be you. And then mm-hmm. it's kind of like your, your innocence is taken away once yeah. it does happen. So I, I didn't feel so invincible the second time. So I was more at peace with it. But I said, I, I really need time to grieve all of this. I can't do this physically, mentally. It's a lot on your body. You get pregnant your whole body changes and then to go through the loss on top of that. And then the emotional, I couldn't do it. So we went through the second loss early. Um, I kind of, I, I was still working. I shut myself down. I didn't talk to anybody and I work with over a hundred women and I've been there 12 years. And when I went back to work after that first loss, two women out of over a hundred gave me a card, two women. I didn't even expect that I barely even talked to gave me cards. Everybody else didn't say anything to me. And I know some people don't know how to react, but if you don't even just leave me a card or send me an email or anything, everybody just ignored it. And it's, and I, you know, I have ignored it all this time. You know, it's been six months. Women I worked with, I grew up with, I'm 33 years old. I started that job when I was 21. They watched me grow up. A lot of these women, they watched me grow from a 21 year old girl that was going out and partying to meeting my husband, to getting married, to buying a home. Like I grew up with these women and none of them even acknowledged my loss. And it it was, that was hurtful too, you know? And I know some people, they don't know how to acknowledge it, but come on, anything. It it just, it would have been nice to be acknowledged, but it it is what it is. So when I went through the second loss, I really just shut down and I, I just put my head down and I just did my job. Um, and then I finally told everybody and I told my husband, I said, you know, I can't do this again. So we decided let's take the summer off. Let's just enjoy each other. You know, let my body heal. Let's get back to normal and try again when we're ready. Um, and then in July, um, I found out that my, my hip started hurting me really, really bad. And then I found out that my hip labrum was torn. So then I was like, okay, add that to the list of things. So now I have a torn hip labrum that doesn't fix itself. I would need surgery. 
Um, the doctor told me that as long as the pain was manageable, I could wait till I was ready. Um, you know, I told him we, we did want to try to get pregnant again. You know, I didn't want to be healing from surgery and try to get pregnant or, you know, be pregnant and then they can't put me under. So he said, if you can manage the pain, he said, I can give you the cortisone shot. So I opted for that. And I said, I just want to let my body heal and feel good and, and be ready again. Um, so that's just now what we've been doing. We've just been enjoying, you know, we enjoyed the summer. We're going to enjoy football season and, and just heal, you know, both of us, like my husband, he's very, he's a guy's guy. He's a tough guy. He doesn't cry, you know? And I'm like, I very rarely see you cry or talk about how you feel. And he's like, Oh, I cry. I just cry in my car on my way to work or, you know, things like that. They grieve differently. And I'm like, that's fine. But if you know, I want you to open up to me if you want to, it's okay. I'm your wife. So it, it's tough. And my poor husband, he had to work side by side with this guy. You know, he actually got a promotion and he was taking over his boss's job. So he was training them and they were working side by side every day. And, you know, he'd be like, you know, we're going for an ultrasound today. And he'd ask him, you know, is it okay if, you know, are you comfortable? He's like, yeah, you know, I don't want to take away your joy. And I was the same way too. Like, I'm very, like, you know, I'm not going to take away from someone else's joy. I still congratulate people and I don't let it bother me because I'm still happy for people and I you know even on Facebook like I comment and you know you look great and congrats and like I'm still very I don't want to shut down completely and you know people that I was supporting all of a sudden stopped supporting them so you know we were both very good with you know doing that but we just decided it was time for us to just wait it out for a while and heal and just enjoy each other and, and enjoy the fall season and see where life takes us next yeah. So I know that's a whole lot of information, but um, <laughs> I want to make sure I get it all in there. <laughs> no, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head with a lot of stuff. I was just like viciously head nodding over here. Um, we are very, very much alike. <laughs> and I, but, like I, said, I never yearned for that, that like feeling of being a mom. And I thought to myself, well, is this the universe's way of telling me like, you're not meant to be a mom. And I said, you know, I, I can't think that way. Mm -hmm. And I kept reminding myself, maybe this was the universe's way of telling me you should appreciate it when it happens the next time. Cause I was still kind of fighting it. Like I can't be pregnant. And I wasn't really appreciating it as a whole. Like I wasn't appreciating the journey. I was scared and I was holding back and I was fighting it. So I was like, maybe this was a lesson to teach me to appreciate it more when I am ready and when it does happen and it prepares me. Yes. Yeah. It sucks to say maybe it just, it was a lesson. It was an awful lesson, but maybe that's what I needed to appreciate it in the future. Yeah. And what it might be too is like, I know for me, so the reason I say we're very similar is I too never really had that urge. Like I always knew I wanted to be a mom, but like I eventually, you know, I was 28 years old and I was like, I don't feel the urge to start trying, but like, we're, we've been married for three years. I'm 28. Maybe we should start trying. It was really weird. Um, right. And then, you don't know when, yeah. when is the time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I always thought like I would just feel ready and I never did. But when I had that first loss, for me, it made me realize how much I did want it. Right. And that's why I, I, I think I, I am now too. Yeah. And I think that's the same for you is it's like it, that that's where some of the gratitude comes from is it's like, now, you know, like you do want it, you know? Right. Um, and sometimes I really still cool. question, is yeah. it, am I, 
it's hard to say, like, I'm still questioning, do I really want it? Or I'm very stubborn. So am I like, yeah. don't you tell me I can't have a baby. I'll <laughs> tell you wrong. Like, am I just like forcing it? I want to be in control. Like, it's funny. And I, and I, it's like, I still am like, but I'm like, you know what? I, deep down, I, I do, but I think mm-hmm. it's just my emotions. I don't want to break that wall down. So yeah. I'm like, do I really want it? And then it's like, I don't want to admit it because I don't want it to get taken away from me again. You know, like yeah. you don't want to be vulnerable again because it can get taken away. So I still feel like the wall's kind of halfway up, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think we, uh, we're all probably head nodding to this because we're all like, yeah. <laughs> um, now, if you had one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Oh, God. Everyone always asking it. Just like you said in the beginning, don't be afraid to hold back. Don't be afraid to be honest and open. I think so many women, they're on a different journey through this and we all feel differently. We all think differently and that's okay. Like I know some women say, how can you complain about morning sickness when there's women out there that can't even get pregnant and that would kill to have morning sickness. And it's, it's because it's my journey. So it's, if I want to complain about morning sickness, I should be able to and mm-hmm. not worry. I think everyone thinks it's like in 2019 alone, everyone's offended by something, you know, there it's the way you're feeling. So I think never be afraid to be open and honest because if you hold that all in, it's, it's going to hurt you and it's going to, you know what I'm saying? Like it's a tough thing. You got to kind of tread lightly, but you want to be open about how you're feeling too. Mm-hmm. it's the tough thing. So I always just tell people, you know, never be afraid to be open and honest to how you're feeling. It's your feelings are justified. That it's the way you're feeling. No one can tell you you're right or you're wrong. So that's, you know, my biggest, you know, piece of advice I can give to women. And I say to like, I kind of compare to, well, there's people out there that can't walk or that are in wheelchairs and I have legs that work. And when I do a really hard workout, I complain my legs are sore. And it's like, should I not complain my legs are sore because there's some people that are paralyzed? Is my feelings not justified because somebody else can't walk? So it, it's a hard thing, but I just think never be afraid to be yourself and feel your own feelings. Yes. Mic drop. <laughs> if somebody <laughs> wants to reach out to you, is Instagram the best way? Yes. Um, either Instagram okay. or Facebook, either one is fine. Okay. And I'll go ahead and I'll link that in the description of this episode. Thank you so much, April, for jumping on, sharing your story, uh, especially with your due date tomorrow. Dates are rough on this journey. Um, so we really appreciate it. I've been dreading it, but I'm, it's weird. I woke up this morning. I'm like, I'm excited for tomorrow because I'm finally sharing yeah. my story. And yeah. I'm going to share it in a post. And I... I know this podcast will be great. I can share the link and really people can learn more mm-hmm. in depth and in detail. Cause I don't want, I'm not going to write a post that's, you know, three pages long, but I'm going to kind of share and I, I'm finally going to feel like a weight's lifted off my shoulders. So it, it just was a, I've been dreading tomorrow, but I think this is making it more exciting that I can finally open up and share. Yeah. It's going to be healing. I'm excited for you. Yes. So thank you so much. Thank you very, very much. You are welcome. Um, keep me posted. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye.
Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together. 